Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show and Podopolo podcast, recording and syndicating, streaming live from BBS in California, syndicating to over 100 stations globally. Um, I'm your show host, Yvonne E.L. Silver. If we haven't met, my mission is uplifting the spirit of humanity. And I do that by showcasing amazing women who have typically have risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph and are now out there in the world doing amazing things. And I showcase these trailblazing stories of how they've risen to success and are now making a huge difference in their community and globally. Now, why do I do this work? Having watched my dad drain the dignity out of my mom growing up after she became a stay-at-home mom, I, I teach women, visionary women now, who have an important message to share, to flourish in business, particularly by mastering their confidence, their language in particular, so that they can speak up, speak out, and learn how to have a successful business to flourish in business, so that they can continue to make a difference in the world too, empower their teams, have more sales, more success. And I showcase amazing women uh, who are making that ripple on the radio show and podcast. So I'm delighted today to interview my guest, Robin R Rotenberg. Am I going to pronounce that right? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. Thank you. Um, who is a author, mentor, speaker, very accomplished businesswoman who I will formally introduce in just a moment. So thank you for joining me today, Robin. So the important thing I think to mention is women generally are still very much working in male-dominated worlds. We're still not at that 50% parity that we're looking for for women in leadership positions. So I think it's really important as I interview women to interview entrepreneurs and also to interview corporate leaders or a blend of the two. And Robin actually is a delightful blend of seasoned business corporate experience and also stepping into the entrepreneurial arena as well. So today, myself, I mean, I love working with women entrepreneurs, especially those who are ready to flourish in business and those who have a mission-inspired vision. And I know that Robin does, so we'll, we'll share a little bit more about that later. So Robin is an accomplished author, a successful public speaker, a mentor coach, working in the fields of per personal, professional, and business development. She has a distinguished career. She has almost 25 years of both business and legal experience working in corporate at BASF. Um, many of you know uh, BASF Canada. It's a billion dollar global, global brand, global company. And Robin served as president for Canada and then VP and chief communications officer for BASF Corp. The North American division. So she's got proven expertise in strategy development and leadership, whether that's a, as an attorney or working in the C-suite, helping to restructure businesses, build successful teams, engage employees, and work through um, all of the challenges that large corporations go through as things shift. And I'd be very interested a little bit later to get your perspective, Robin, on what's happening in the corporate world too. 
So named as one of 50 best women in business by New York New, New Jersey Biz in 2018, you've also become a member of various business and law uh, organizations since then. Um, board member for the Morris County Chamber of Commerce, served on the board of trustees for the Children's Specialized Hospital, a director and volunteer at Special Olympics New Jersey, you might not know I have a special needs son. <laughs> oh, I um, didn't know. An adjunct professor at uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University. Clearly you get the picture. Robin is very accomplished and not surprising that she's also the recipient of the Morris County Chamber of Commerce Women Who Shine Award. And she's actually in Canada with me. She's a Toronto, uh, well, she, a Toronto native living in Franklin Lakes area. Uh, with Mitch, her husband, and uh, I love it when people put in their dogs as well on their bio. <laughs> a laboratory with Mango. Yes. <laughs> and I have a Shelby. Shelby. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So welcome, Robin. How are things thank you. you this week? Thank you so much. And thank you very much for having me, Yvonne, and for that great introduction. I really appreciate it. This week, I feel like it's sort of like all the other weeks we've had lately. It feels a little bit like Groundhog Day. <laughs> Every day we wake up and we try to cope with being uh, somewhat isolated. So I think that there are a lot of things to learn from that. And also when we're trying to build a business or drive business, as we were saying, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, in terms of entrepreneurship, but it makes it a very different experience than going to the office because I went to the office, as you said, for 25 years, had a lot of people around, defined tasks to do. And when our home becomes our office, as well as our home, it also becomes our gym, it becomes our sort of social networking place, it becomes everything, it changes your week. And it changes your outlook. And I think we need to find ways to be more structured in these kinds of environments in these times so that we can still feel like we're accomplishing things. Yeah. But my week is good. We made it. It's Friday. <laughs> so um, I, I do know that it's Friday today, even though the days feel quite similar. Now, um, are you in, so, in total shutdown where you are right now? We're heading in that direction again. We yeah. were pretty much closed from March through till about June. And it started opening up a little bit, particularly, you know, gyms and social areas and dining outside. Okay. Uh, but the cases, the COVID cases are on the rise again. They're spiking in the northeastern United States. And in New Jersey alone, I think yesterday there were 4,000 new cases. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's moving in the wrong direction going into the winter and it's a little frightening. So we haven't really gone out over the past couple of months. We didn't we decided not to eat in parking lots of restaurants mm -hmm. because it didn't for me it frankly it didn't really appeal to me. <laughs> I didn't understand the draw of why you wouldn't just take it home to your you know, if you have, if you're fortunate enough, like us, we have a nice backyard or we have exactly. a dining table, you can eat there. But now what they did was they pitched these tents and now they've put heaters inside and walls on the tents. So they've effectively moved inside to outside. And I just don't feel that comfortable, but it's a safe environment. So it's, um, it's getting more Oh, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I think it's better to be safe than sorry. That's all. And and yesterday or the day before they shut down all the public schools again in New York City. 
So I think we're moving in the direction of having more restrictions rather than fewer restrictions. Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing is that while we're working now so much more online, that we can have these kinds of conversations where, you know, some of them are audio, some of them are video, some of them both, and still be doing the the important work that both of us are passionate about, which is one of the reasons why I had invited you to join me on the show. So I am curious, um, a lot of my um, guests have a story of tragedy to triumph, and I'm not sure if you necessarily do in your corporate work, but what I'm curious what helped to have your passion for working with women, because you're also an author, an author of Pound On, um, mm-hmm. and it's a very powerful book with a lot of excellent stories, showcasing oh, some really, really great wisdom. And uh, I really enjoyed, thank you for sharing your copy. I really enjoyed having of a look course, at that. Of course, thank you. So what, what drives that passion for you? When I was young, I grew up in a a, sort of an, what I would call an ordinary middle-class neighborhood of suburban Toronto, and just had the same life as most other people in that situation had. But my mother died when I was a teenager, when I was in high school. And that turned my whole life upside down because I had had my grandparents and aunts and uncles and a social life that you know, most children in, in those kinds of, I would call them protected areas would have had. And all of a sudden, I felt like I had no one helping me, that there was nobody to protect me, there was nobody to guide me or show me a path. And it instilled in me the drive to honor her, and to make sure that the things I did in my life made a difference and um, things she would be proud of. But I also realized how much help along the way we should and could give. And that translated into the corporate world where women didn't help me there either. So, (laughs) which is a whole other story. (laughs) Horrible. But as as a teenager, I realized that I was going to have to fend for myself. I was going to have to find my own way. And there are two paths you can take when, as a teenager, when something tragic happens to you. You can continue along a path of destruction and really not you know, pull up your bootstraps and and find a way to do something good for yourself. Or you can throw yourself into something that's meaningful for you and is a passion for you. And for me, that was school. School Mm. became a way that I knew I would get acceptance there. I was reasonably good at it. My teachers were very helpful. And I knew that it was a path to freedom in the sense of I could get away from the suburban cloister. I could go away to university. I could em- get employment. I could support myself. And then I wouldn't have to rely on anybody who might abandon me later. Yep. So that when you look at triumph out of tragedy, I think that I chose a good path rather than a bad path. At the beginning, it was sort of touch and go for the first couple of months, because when you're 15 years old and you don't have anybody really guiding you, you can move into a direction that's really quite destructive. But mm-hmm. um, when I realized that that school would provide me with certain freedoms and certain outlets and that I had some support in us in an educational environment, I turned to that. And I also found that there's family and there's family. There's family that's supposed to help you that you think or that they all jump in and they did not. And there's a family that you make for yourself. 
and it's a family of women that you create for yourself and that you bring close to you that you keep forever. You may change, you know, some of the people may come and go, but you realize, I realized very early that I would have to make my own, um, my own family in my own way to help guide me through the different challenges that I was going to meet along the way. And in the corporate world, there were many, mm-hmm. there were many. Well, I um, I understand that perspective well. Um, my dad, when I turned 11, and I flunked a, I flunked a very important exam in England, which either directed you to the grammar school where the smart kids went or the secondary school where the not so smart kids went, um, I flunked it by two marks. I mean, I'm a people person, I'm not an academic, and um, screamed at me, you know, black eyes, you know, red face, um, I would never, ever be successful in life. Excuse me. Thanks, Dad. Oh, I'm just about to go into high school. I mean, that was not the first experience, but he came back from the war with PTSD. <coughs> he took a bullet in Dunkirk, and it, um, you know, he, he wasn't treated. Thousands of men came back from the war, and they weren't treated. So that's um, what resulted in him being a very angry and judgmental man. That's and horrible. Talk about the protection piece. You know, <coughs> this is the I'm person sorry. that was supposed to protect me. Right, um, exactly. So it's, exactly. Uh, it, you know, those experiences impact us deeply. And for me, yes. it resulted in, you know, carrying a shield for, you know, like 45 years <laughs> to make sure that no one else was ever going to hurt me like that again. And then just, you know, it caused <clears throat> me to burn out at one point. But that's another story. <laughs> but so, it is interesting when that you would say no one was going to hurt you again, because that's what I was just saying, is that no one was going to abandon me again. Yes. So because I could rely on myself. So that's that's kind of where it takes you. Yeah. So let's talk about some myths. Myths in the corporate <clears throat> world for women rising to success. And as you just said, you know, women didn't help me. <laughs> what are some of the myths you've come across? Oh, um, the first one Have is that women ready, ladies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I found that um, one of the big myths is that that women and others, but mostly women will help you along the way because they don't. Mm. And when I one of my first corporate jobs was out of law school. And I went into a big, a major law firm that was very male dominated by very jockey, athletic men. And there was only one woman partner who Mm -hmm. said quite deliberately, I'm not going to help you because nobody helped me. And that was really the mentality of it. And I hoped that that would change over the course of time. Um, And but I was determined that I was going to change it. So that's one myth is that women and others are going to help you along the way. The other myth is that you can do things alone. You can't do anything alone. You have to build alliances and allegiances and networks so that you can get things done, either corporately or as an entrepreneur. You can't do things by yourself. The other thing that's really important is that you have to educate yourself. You have to always educate yourself in any way that you can either through formal education or seminars or street smarts, whatever it is, you don't get anywhere without that. Mm -hmm. Also don't get anywhere without hard work. So if anybody tells you that it was easy, they're lying. (laughs) Or if they tell you that they did it without too much effort, it's a lie (laughs) or a myth. You can call it a myth if you like, but I call it a lie. The other lie is that there's balance. Yes. So 
there's no such thing as balance. I think that you get to a point where you learn to juggle. You try really hard not to drop balls that will break, but you learn that there's some kind of equilibrium that you can reach, but I don't think that you ever truly find balance. I think balance is is a myth. That doesn't mean to say, and I talk about this in Pound On, that women can't have it all. I think we can have it all, absolutely. And we can have it in all things. We just have to give a different proportion of what we can invest in it at any given point in time. So I do take issue when people say women can't have it all. We can, we absolutely can, and we will. It's a question of weighting it, not balancing it, but the weight that we put on the various things that are important to us in our lives at any given point in time. Yeah, I think if, um, you know, if I think about some of the work that I'm doing with my clients, a lot of the conversation is not around balance. It's about what's your definition of success and not trying to compare yourself to others' um, measure of success. I mean, a lot of the times with men, it's the size of your bank account and that's the only thing that matters. Whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of the women is the impact that their kids are having on the community and, you know, are they growing up to be nice people? Um, You know, I mean, that's two extremes, right? And there's obviously a lot of middle, middle ground. And yet, you know, we have this, this pie, right? It's 24 hours in every day. Where are we going to put the energy so that we achieve what we see as success today, this week, this month, this year? And obviously yes. you've figured that part out because you figured out how to you know, write your book, get that launch, um, you know, juggle a lot of balls in the air in your uh, very responsible senior role. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't learn these things by working necessarily in smaller organizations when you're part of a $150 million company, billion dollar company, you learn a lot. So, so with the piece about the um, alone, um, you know, I think it's, it's uh, certainly more common to have the the boys club and they're all off Mm -hmm. on the golf course. And yet what they're doing is they are building relationship. And I think that's a skill that is undervalued that, a lot of times women are very dedicated towards getting the job done well and they forget the importance of relationships. So I'm glad that you brought up the importance of not doing things alone. Yes, it's interesting because women often think, or at least in my experience, I have thought and other women have thought that networking is some kind of luxury, that building relationships and networking is a luxury. It's not, it's a necessity. It's an absolute necessity to success not just to your own success, but the other women you're trying to help and the women coming up behind us. We need to be able to have those relationships and to demonstrate to them that networking is working. Working, the word network has work in it. Yes. And, and that's one of the things that we need to understand. And, and one of the alphas in my book talks about that quite a lot, where she says, you know, we would put down our head, put our heads down and work till five o'clock and think we were going to get somewhere. And the guys were all having a drink or having coffee or they're out doing something else. And we just wanted to get the work done because we had to get home. We had to go and do something else. Uh, And we didn't realize the importance of that. And it's true because people have to speak up for you. If you're in a meeting where they're talking about talent or they're talking about whether someone's going to be offered a new position, People Mm -hmm. have to know you. And that's how they got to know each other. But I also think that it's incumbent on companies 
to do something different to accommodate the different and diverse lifestyles that people have. Yes. Women, women especially, because often for the bulk of our learning years, we're constrained on both ends of the day. If we have children, we're dropping them off in the morning. And if we, and then we're picking them up or they're being, you know, driven on the bus home and we're responsible for them in the evening too. But there are a lot of hours in the day when we can, where companies can, or organizations can help women do networking during the day. And it's just as valuable and it doesn't have to be on a golf course and it doesn't have to be in a bar. We can take some responsibility for it, but organizationally, I think that a lot of organizations could do a lot more than they are doing. They're starting to figure it out because women are leaving to go to places where those kinds of programs are in effect. Yeah. But it is it, it is definitely true that networking is working and relationships are how you get things done. We know just from organizational behavior analysis that in very young companies, not young in terms of the age of the people, but early companies, it's very unbureaucratic. You can get things done if people shake a hand or they agree. And as the company grows, it gets more and more bureaucratic. But even with a really high bureaucracy in a very large entity, there's a point of over which you can go to get past that bureaucracy and get things done, but you have to have the relationships in order to do it. Yeah. And, and that's why networking is so important. Mm -hmm. it's, re it's really important. And to have people who have your back, because not everything goes well. Well, that's when things go well, that's not where we have our greatest growth, expansion and learning. It's when we go through those challenging times and we discover how resilient we really are. That's part of what contributes, I believe, to stepping into a more confident version of yourself. It's when yes. you surprise Fear. yourself. <laughs> Fear. <laughs> I, mem I remember to being on one of T. Harbecker's outdoor outdoor four-day events, um, and we did we did, we climbed a local mountain, and there was you know, divided up into four stages. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, my legs are, my legs are so tired. I'm only on level one. Um, and then by level two, they were starting to get numb. By level three, I couldn't even feel them. Um, but <laughs> I managed to get to the top. And we also brought along a gentleman on our team who had, who was on crutches. Um, oh my. So, you know, that was one of those, oh my gosh, I never realized I had that capability to actually power through like that. I surprised myself and, and it was life-changing. It was a life-changing exercise, which is exactly what it was supposed to, to be, of course. Yes, so, no, that, it sounds great, but I only like to camp in mountains in five-star hotels. I spent my summers as a child in a summer camp in Northern Ontario that was very beautiful, but quite rustic. So I figure I've done my time with that. So, you know, I, I do do it, but only under duress. And if there's a nice hotel at the end. Yeah, well, Canada, uh, Canada has some beautiful countryside for sure. Um, but my first camping experience that was a, like a lightning storm and at the end of the first day and the tent blew off and that was it, it was like okay if it doesn't have walls I'm not there um, <laughs> I surrender so, right <laughs> net, um, your network equals your net worth is um, wow. an expression that I would sum up what you just shared about the working alone piece and the networking and 
one of my other guests, Deborah Poneman, talks about the um, the importance of relation, what she calls relationship currency, and certainly mm -hmm. that's a key piece. So if you have your pen handy, make sure that you've written down some of these myths, some of um, the learnings that um, we're sharing today, Robin is sharing. So I'm interested also in, um, you know, how some of these experiences shaped your resilience and shaped your perspective and, and how that translates to what you're up to today. I think when you go through something really difficult, like I did and like you did as a child, Mm -hmm. You have a different perspective on things your whole life. I feel like if my feet hit the floor, I can brush my own teeth. It's a good day. Yep. So I have a certain optimism about how I go about my life and a certain positive attitude that I think is really, really important. I'm also very consistent in terms of my mood. You won't find me either in the business that I'm growing now or in a corporate environment where I'm very up and down yep. in the sense of, you know, people know what they're going to get with me. If they walk into my office to give me good news, they'll get a good reaction. If they walk into my office to give me bad news, they're also going to be okay. They're not going to get their head blown off. It's going right. to, you know, I, I think that that's a really important perspective to have. And it's also led me to take a lot of risks because I know that even if I don't succeed the first time, it's not going to be as bad as what I encountered as a child. And I know that however I'm treated in the corporate world or whatever happens with my business um, that I'm running, that I'm growing now, I'll be fine. I'll, if I have to, I'll redirect. They're calling it pivoting now. I call it jumping or leaping. But what I did after almost 25 years in the corporate environment was I looked around and I started planning my exit. And it was the same time as the Me Too and the Time's Up movement. Right. It was so negative. And the message to earlier in career women was so negative about all these men everywhere who were predators and not going to help them and demand some kind of inappropriate favor in return for success or an opportunity. And I thought that it was really important to share stories of women who I, I think, I don't think we're ordinary people in the sense that we're underachievers, but we're not famous people. We're ordinary women in attainable careers with positive stories to tell. And that's why I wrote the book, because I wanted to share some of these positive stories, some common themes among the women, because we have a lot of things in common, even though we grew up quite differently, uh, but also to give some hope and positive messaging and some direction to women who are finding their path, trying to dream about what it is they want to encourage them to dream big and shoot for the moon and never give up. And, and that's what my early experiences did for me. They showed me that I could try anything. And I think, I think other women should have that benefit too. They shouldn't be overburdened by all this negativity. They should see that there's a positive way to do things. And the women who are featured in the book all have various positive stories to tell. Lots of challenges too, lots of pivots and jumps and leaps in different parts of our careers, but also the ability to evaluate and self-evaluate and course correct. And those things are also really, really important to, to take a look around and say, 
is this what I really want? Because you can always vote with your feet. Yeah, absolutely. Is there, um, you know, maybe two or three things that as you were writing the book were surprises for you that people who are listening now and don't have their copy of Pound On yet, we will tell you how to get that at the end. Um, and two or three things that you learned in through those stories? I learned that we all had very strong, we were all born lucky. We all had very strong units in our, around our family, strong people around us who, when we were small children, helped us and took care of us. So we had this sort of commonality of having a strong unit around us. We grew up in Canada or the United States, or in one case, um, one of the Alphas was born in Taiwan, where girls could be educated. With the real fundamentals that we don't think about every day, we had food, we had electricity, we had an opportunity to educate ourselves. So we had those things in common. We also had very strong female role models very strong female role models. And that surprised me. I didn't realize that we all would have had that same experience that we had either strong mothers or strong grandmothers. I had my mother whom I lost early, but I had two very strong grandmothers who both worked, who were very strong influences on me. One of them ran her own business. She had a master's in applied math. She was born in 1900. So it was really remarkable that she had had an educational experience like that, although she wasn't allowed to play sports because that was unladylike, but she could take a master's in math at the University of Toronto. Um, and my other grandmother was not formally educated, but she learned to be a dental, sur- a dental hygienist because my grandfather was a dentist and he taught her. So we all knew the importance of really strong female role models. We also... We're, de- we're very determined to make our own rules about how we lived our lives. And that surprised me a lot that all of us, because on the surface, you talk to us and we don't seem that strong willed around what it is we want. But all of the women, cho- we chose our own paths. We didn't let anybody choose for us. We made our own rules about it and how we were going to go about it. For me, my family all went to the University of Toronto. I was expected to go there. So I applied to every other university except the University of Toronto. <laughs> and, <Hello. laughs> right. And others did the same. The other, um, my other alphas did the same. They left mm. to forge their own path. So there's a certain independence that comes with, um, that comes with being an alpha and a certain amount of, you're not going to tell me how to run my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you came, I think, came up with alpha rules for, for your book. Yes. From, from those stories, right? Yes. I have alpha rules in there. A lot of them about integrity and living your life the way that you want to. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, uh, one of the things that we, we also all encountered, all of us, was gender discrimination. Mm. And that was really a surprise to me because we never talked to each other about it. And when I was doing the research for the book, because there's a chapter of concepts at the back that just it's it's not a textbook. I had never intended to write a textbook. It was just to give a vocabulary or common parlance to the different concepts that affect women in the workplace. And one of it, the things is if you keep the victim silent, 
then the perpetrators never have to pay for their crimes. And I say that, I don't use it as a, in a criminal sense necessarily, yeah. but they don't have to pay because nobody's talking about it. Right. And in the research, it's very common that women are treated a particular way in the workplace and we don't talk to each other about it. There's no sisterhood about it. Mm-hmm. So that really surprised me that every one of the alphas had encountered some form of gender discrimination one didn't have it as badly, um, Lee, because she had a male mentor. So she had a male, I would say, protector yep. in a big company. So her situation was different. But the only other thing I would say that it didn't really surprise me that I mentioned a little bit before was that hard work really pays off. And every single one of us worked really hard every day of our lives to get to where we wanted to go. And that's a really strong message, especially during a time like this in our world, where it feels like it's just not going to pay off. It's all this work just isn't going to pay off. It's just not going to be worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to work hard every day. And and that I think is also a really strong message from, from the alphas. And the other thing that I would say that surprised me was the mean girls. I had experiences, I'm not sure if you did, growing up with the mean girls. I was the most uncool girl in school, the most uncool, mm. the most uncool looking, the most uncool dressed, just the most uncool, nerdy, smart girl. And now those qualities are better valued than they were in the day when you know, shaking pom-poms and, and being a cheerleader was how you got to be popular. I was so unpopular, such an ugly duckling in the corner. And I was painfully, painfully shy. Mm. And so of course I became a trial lawyer, right? (laughs) But painfully shy, but there were mean girls everywhere I went. And I don't think they knew the impact that they had on me that they excluded me. There were like sororities at school and things like that. I was never invited. I was never included in any of it. I just was so uncool. And they were really, they were either mean to me overtly or they were mean to me covertly in the sense that they deliberately excluded me and they were really nasty or they just completely ignored me. And I'll I'll share with you, when I was writing Pound On, one of the women that I went to summer camp with, and summer camp is very cliquey, if you've ever been in those kinds of environments, very cliquey, cliquey, in girls and out girls. And I was definitely out. I was not part of the cool crowd. And when one of my summer camp friends, all these years later, she wasn't a friend, but we'll get to that, um, read Pound On, she sent me a note. And she said, was I one of the mean girls? She had no idea that her excluding me, she wasn't overtly mean to me, this one particular woman, but she completely ignored me for, I went to the same summer camp for 10 or 11 years. So it was the same girls at the time, you know, same kids going back year after year. She never once talked to me. I think in all those years, maybe she talked to me once or twice because she had to, she didn't have a choice. And she was like the queen of cool. And I thought about it and I really thought, what do you say to somebody all these years later who maybe she really had no idea that she was having such a really strong impact on me and and on the other uncool girls, but mean girls and bullies affect us for our whole lives. 
they affect us forever because we are always looking over our shoulder thinking, is it me? Did I do something? But all of my alphas, almost all the alphas had mean girl experiences. Linda, for example, who's really um, a very accomplished international trademarks lawyer and a musician. She sings in jazz clubs and she paints and writes. I mean, very, very talented woman. But she was also a very bookish child and and she didn't have any girlfriends. And she she writes in her story that she would show up. They would invite her and it would be a joke and they she would show up to their house and they wouldn't be there. And She's carried that all these years, how mean they were to her. So some of the things that we've had in common that spur us to, I wouldn't say victory necessarily, but that spur us to work really hard and to prove ourselves just to ourselves even, and to have these accomplishments are the result of these kinds of hardships, as you were saying before. And we turn them into something positive, for ourselves and we're optimistic about the world and our environment but the the mean girls and the bullies and and the you know sort of the lack of female mentors in the workplace all of those things combined to make us all very strong but in a way that's also very reflective we we don't i think i have a number of rules one of them is don't take any garbage but i don't say garbage but um, don't take any garbage from people because you have to learn to stick up for yourself. And well, what, but what somebody else thinks of you, as I share in my book, uh, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, is um, something that I did learn from, again, from T. Harv Eker, is that you know, what someone else thinks of you is none of your business. It's just right. their opinion. It's not truth, right? It's not truth. And so if we come into a conversation with that baseline of being grounded, then you become unshakable because you're not pandering, you're not listening, you're not accepting that that is someone else's truth that you're going to absorb. So it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you weaker. No. And, and in fact, if you can think about it, it'll make you stronger. And if you're the type of person like I am and like the other alphas are and like you are, it makes us want to help other people to mm-hmm. spare them from what we've been through. And that's another common theme is that all of the alphas in my book that I write about and most alphas that I know give back a lot. We give yep. back a lot. We try really hard to give back. I was just having a conversation with my husband yesterday saying, okay, it's Thanksgiving here in the U S next week. What are we going to do for everybody else? Yeah. So well, that that's another piece of it. Yeah, that, uh, that doesn't surprise me that that was a common thread. So um, ladies, you definitely want to be picking up a copy of uh, Robin's book, Pound On. So let's share where they can get a copy and we'll do it again at the end. So the best place to pick up their copy, Robin, is? They can get it on Amazon or they can get it on my website, which is www.alphawomenrock.com. Alpha Women Rock, A-L-P-H-A, Alpha Women Rock. Awesome. And I know that you also um, have your own charity bracelet. That's one thing that you also do. Thank you. Um, And that is money that goes to uh, Coventry House? Covenant House, yes. It's a a bracelet. They come on different um, threads. It's parachute thread. It has a silver bar, a stainless steel bar that says Alpha Women Rock. 
on one side and pound on on the other. And $5 from every purchase goes to Covenant House, which is an international organization for homeless youth. Because I'm really about the fundamentals, food, shelter, and literacy. Those yeah. things are very, very important to me. So, it, and it's also available on my website, alphawomenrock.com. Yeah. And that's where I started. Um, one of the things that um, I typically look for in the people that I am bringing onto my show, the ladies, is having some sort of mission-inspired um, purpose to have some sort of social enterprise component to their business. Mm. So we haven't talked really about what you're up to today. So let's just spend a few minutes talking about the work that you do today. Why is it a passion for you? And what is it that you are seeing in the way of shift in the, the people that you are mentoring? Thank you very much. What, what I've done since I left the corporate world is started a speaking and coaching business. And I'm also writing, I wrote Pound On and I'm writing some other children's books also. But I think one of the things that I've been trying to do is take the lessons that I've learned out of the corporate world and offer them to others as a coach. Right. I'm finding that women earlier in career are very discouraged by the pound, by the time's up and the Me Too movement, and they need to pound on. They need to mm-hmm. bring, they really need to dream big to find a way to navigate their path and to never give up. And what I do is take their concerns or what they're working on in that moment and break it down into actionable goals. One of the ways that I do that is to have um, an analysis of what I call becoming alpha. Mm. And there are different phases of alpha that we analyze. And then I give tips on how to advance to the next level of alpha. And becoming alpha has both an IQ and an EQ component. So intellectual and an emotional quotient and different characteristics of the phases of women along their journey or along our journey. And to try to ensure that women feel that they have a helping hand along the way that comes from experience and also an offer to empathetically appreciate where they are and where they want to go. Mm -hmm. So in those teachings um, and in that, uh, in in the big picture with all the experiences, what would you say, Robin, are are the, the most important, maybe, you know, three to five lessons that you want young women to appreciate or to learn or to understand that you can share from your experience where you have gone from the bottom to the top and now you're out doing entrepreneurial work? One of the most important things is to be true to yourself all along the way. Never compromise your integrity. And that's a lesson that I learned early on looking sideways and looking up that you don't want to be around people who don't share your values and you don't want to lose your values to become one of the group or one of somebody else, never compromise on your integrity and always be true to yourself and your own values. The other thing is to continually educate yourself. Make sure that as you go, and we talked about this a little bit before, always find ways to advance yourself, not to hurt other people in it, but in in the things that are good for you, try to find ways to advance your career. Evaluate yourself self-evaluate every day. I had a system where at the end of every meeting or the end of every day, I would run through just even in my head, a checklist of what did I accomplish? What should I try to do next time? 
so that I had some guideposts that were mine. I didn't have to tell anybody else about it, but I could self-evaluate all the time and figure out what I needed to do next to improve. So self-evaluation is very important. Planning is also very important. So always have a plan for yourself. Where do you want to get to? Try to figure out what you need to do in order in order to get there. And carve out time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Always carve out time for yourself, for the things, for self-care, for the things that matter to you, for the things that you want to do just for joy of something that will make you feel like you're not doing it for everybody else. Those things are also are also really important. And be grateful. Find a way to be grateful and to give back. All of those things will take you from start to finish. And at the end of the day, when you're looking back on whether it's one year or two years or 10 or 20, you can be proud that you've been true to yourself, that you've made your own rules, that you've lived in a way that you never compromised your principles and that you have something to give to others. In all the years I worked in corporate, I saw a lot of people taking advantage. They would take advantage of other people. They would take advantage of what the company had. They would take things that weren't theirs. I never, ever did that by design. I would not be able to look at myself in the mirror if I did that. But I never did that. And in fact, I worked in one law firm that overpaid me by mistake, and I gave them the money back. And I think that for me, it's I can look back and think on the years that I spent in corporate and know that I never compromised my principles, no matter what else I did or didn't do. And you have failures along the way all the time. We make mistakes all the time and we learn from them. But it wasn't because of a lapse of integrity. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting that you talk about integrity. I remember in a performance review, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was a VP at this level, but um, performance review, my boss saying, you know, we're going to you know, look at this scale that we've done for everybody. And, you know, where would you rank this person with their integrity? And it was like, integrity, you either have it or you don't. There's no ranking. Right. Right? You don't have partial <laughs> right. integrity. Right? Right. That, he, he's a two out of 10. What does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, some of the research that I quoted when I put my book together, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, was looking at some of the Center for Creative Leadership research done by mm-hmm. several, there's three PhD um, women that put it together, looking at how do you build trust in the workplace as a, you know, in a female leader. Um, and thinking about their three things, three C's, consistency, which is one that you mentioned too, um, competence, and knowing how to you know, clearly show that you can do the work, and then caring was the other one. So if we have all of those things coming to the forefront, then in not only are you showing up in integrity for yourself, but also the team that you're leading will see that clearly. Um, and the caring part, obviously, you know, it's important to be taking that feedback, especially in today's world where so many of the, the workforce members are dispersed. They're working from home. So, you know, making sure that we're paying extra attention to listening to them, to supporting them in whatever it is that they need, being as flexible as possible, being as fluid um, as we can. I think you know, that's a really important piece for leadership, too. And I love what you shared earlier about the basics. Um, there was another lady that I'm, I just heard her story. And I can't remember where I heard it now. Um, it might have been the Women of Inspiration Awards because I'm a Women of Inspiration alumni. Um, 
that were happening on the weekend a couple of weeks ago. Um, but she was basically providing sanitary supplies to women, uh, to young girls, um, so that they didn't have to take uh, you know, a week off school and miss out. But some of these countries, they didn't even know what it was. Um, to be able to, to support them in that way uh, was, was, was brand new news for them. And so, you know, that really sort of blew my mind. It was like, hmm, okay, interesting. So yeah. education, attitude, positivity, integrity, planning, and obviously being grateful. That whole piece about reflection, it's something that is part of my daily process too, is journaling um, and reflection. And I think it's, it's so important as women, when we started this conversation talking about balance, to set yourself up for success right first thing in the morning. That's what I do for the first hour. It's a ritual. It's going through with what am I feeding my mind? What am I uh, doing with my energy and my space to be listening to you know, holog holosync, holographic um, recordings, to be looking at my journal, to be reflecting, to be doing some energy work, um, visualization and being grateful, all of those things. If you've done that for yourself, which is done first before anybody else comes into your space with emails or Facebook messages or your family asking for whatever, then you can show up rock solid for the rest of the day. And uh, it just makes such a huge difference. So if you don't have a morning ritual yet, I encourage you to, to do that. Part of the, the work that I put into my book as well was about, you know, what are the most important lessons that I can leave women with? And for me, it was reflecting on 40 different words and word concepts to help women to elevate their confidence. Sometimes just taking one word out of a sentence, a word like just, oh, I just wanted to X, Y, Z. Well, you just took the whole power out of the sentence with that one word, leave it out not necessary right. <laughs> and there's 40 of those concepts because as you and I both know Robin from you know working our way up through the organization um you know you obviously were working for a much larger organization than the one I was although it was global it was a global talent management firm um it does make a difference how you show up and then how you can be more effective as a leader for your team as well and build that trust. So important, important work. I am thrilled that you were able to join me today. Um, in the last few minutes that we have, um, where, um, where else can women go to keep in touch with you? Because you've obviously got so much wisdom to share. I'm sure that a lot Thank of the you. listeners will be saying, oh, I want more of Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be delighted. <laughs> um, they can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. You can send or you can send me an email at Robin at alphawomenrock.com. And I'll answer your email as well. You can find me on Instagram, also Alpha Women Rock. You can find me on Facebook, Alpha Women Rock. And uh, I think probably the easiest way is through email, robin at alphawomenrock.com. But any of those other social media channels, I'm quite active on, especially lately, Instagram, to try to share some tips every day of the week. And I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm a technological dinosaur, but I'm learning how to post videos and do all those things. But that would, those would be the easiest ways to reach me. 
Okay. Well, particularly you. for young women um, who are one of your primary audiences, that younger group that really could make a massive difference in their career if they embrace some of these concepts early on. Um, you know, some of the alpha rules that I pulled out, um, you know, speak up for yourself and for others. Take on meaningful work, whatever that means to you. Make sure you're earning your own money um, uh, as an important piece. Make your own life decisions. I mean, these are all great um, rules to live by. And so you want to make sure that you're also picking up a copy of Robin's book. Um, also be sure to pick up a copy of my book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. As you said, Thanksgiving is uh, just around the corner. We've got seasonal you know, gifting, giving for Christmas just around the corner. So my gift to you um, is actually to offer up a three chapter excerpt. So if you'd like a free three chapter excerpt and the third chapter yes. is actually when no words are even required. It's how to show up confidently in your, in your dress, in your decision-making, in how you use silence, there's really powerful things that we can do even without any single word being uttered. That would be wonderful. Yeah, absolutely so that, wonderful. That's a three chapter excerpt. You can download it from my website, words, women, and spelled out A-N-D, words, women, and wisdom.com. Click the red button and you can pick up that free three chapter excerpt uh, for the next little while. So did you want to leave a gift at all with your um audience listeners was there something particular that you wanted to share Robin um I do have a, a scoring guide when we talked about the different levels of alpha that if they email me there if they send me a request for it at robin at alphawomenrock.com uh I can send them a copy of that for free if they want if they'd like that so it's an alpha um alpha scoring guide with a different level of levels of alpha if they send me an email just at robin at alphawomenrock.com, I can send them the scoring guide. Lovely. So don't forget with the uh, interviews that are being hosted on the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show, it's, it's bringing incredible women to the, to the stage, to the, uh, to the virtual stage that have a passion for helping women in particular, that are also out there doing something that is a mission-inspired contribution to serving. And that's part of my passion is putting these women in the, show, in, in the spotlight to make sure that the world hears the message. It's really important. So if you're listening to this show, you loved it, make sure you go on to iTunes, give it a review, Send me a comment if you like, Yvonne at wordswomanandwisdom.com and make sure that you tune in to the next edition of the Words, Women and Wisdom show. Thank you, Robin, for your time today. It's been a delight and very inspiring and educational having you with me. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Robin. Have a beautiful day. Bye Thank you. Now. You too.